Welcome to the Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore and we nix it. I am Justin Hartung. And I'm Fanny Darling. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we always do our best to let you know that they are coming. Ah, spoilers! Uh, this episode, we've got a review of The Quiet Girl, an Irish movie that's been nominated for the Best International Film Oscar. We've also got thoughts on the latest Ant-Man movie, Creed 3, and more. In other exciting news, Fanny got a new mic for her birthday! Van, give me your best mic check. Mic check, mic check, one, two, three. Okay, so Raquel or Rachel, do you know about Tom and Tom and Schwartz or Sander? Well, tell me what you think about Lisa Vanderpump. Okay, as always, a plea to rate and review us. We really would appreciate it. I haven't seen a new review in a very long time. <laughs> an embarrassingly long time. Made the mistake of checking the other day. So no, just don't, do don't maybe do that again because that was hard to look at. I know some of you out there listen to us. Just take two seconds right now. Just give us a good review. It would just make our make our world. Make Fanny's birthday. Happy birthday, Fanny. <laughs> Yay! It's a little late, but uh, uh, yeah, we were supposed to go to Tahoe for your birthday and COVID interfered. <laughs> Beaned, and then I got COVID. Right, my and son and my dog got COVID, so that was fun. Yeah, there was there's been a lot of COVID, so that's part of the reason we have a delay. But uh, yeah, we always have some excuse, don't we? Yeah, we do. Anyways, we're back. Give us a nice review. That'd be terrific. We love you. Um, yeah. So tonight, uh, the Oscars. We were trying to decide whether we were going to record before or after, but real realistically, we decided we should probably just get this done now before we get too drunk. Um, and Fair. in the spirit of the Oscars, uh, we are allowing ourselves one wish before the show. So by the time you're, uh, listening to this, you can be like, Oh, those fools. Or you can be like, Oh my God, they got their wish. I mean, just think that because that would make the wish come true. Maybe. Yeah. Um, what's your one Oscar wish? You get one wish. Um, what is it? Good Lord. Is there anyone out there that can't say this with me? Give the award to Colin Farrell already. Give him the Oscar. I know you're going to give it to Brendan Fraser and I cannot begrudge Brendan Fraser except for that role, the Oscar, because he seems like a nice guy that has faced adversity and I root for him. But Colin earned this. He earned this respect. He did give the best performance, I think, in probably the last five years of just about anybody on film. Please give Colin Farrell this award and not just for me because he actually deserves it. And if you give it to Austin Butler, I'm going to have to riot in the streets. Uh, I'm not going to like that either. I support that wish wholeheartedly. Yeah. Uh, mine would be uh, for best animated film. I do like Pinocchio. It's the front runner. It was also on my list, but you know what? The better one is Marcel the Shell with shoes on. So good. We've talked about it. Uh, Any other year, that would be my wish. <laughs> yeah. So give us some Marcel love. Sorry, Philip. No, you're not a fan, but uh, too bad. We want it. <laughs> Oh no, Philip! We're gonna fight. I know we were. A, f a fight is coming up with Philip, uh, who, who shocked me by telling me he didn't like Marcel very much. Um, oh, all right. No. So we actually have for our main review this week an Oscar a movie that we saw that is nominated with a few other things for Best International Film. This is Ireland's entry. Uh, it is the Quiet Girl. Um, it is directed by Colm uh, Barade. 
this is Justin's very terrible uh, phonetic spelling literally says column as in rows and columns berate like oh you got your hair berated now can um, you do the <laughs> Irish pronunciation of the title oh no I'm Colleen Coonan oh nice pretty <laughs> and this movie is all well was it all all pretty much in was, Irish. Uh, yeah a yeah. lot was, I would say 75% yeah and uh, so it was fun to listen to I was worried about subtitles and basically like oh but when somebody's actually speaking english i'm not gonna understand there wasn't much english to work well and about. they subtitled the english as yeah well, they did was, actually that's yeah. right yeah uh this is a very um uh, sort of lightly plotted movie so i think we can go full spoilers and just say uh this is uh, about a young girl uh kate uh how do you say it what's the kate yeah, okay. I'm not going to get there because it sounds kind of the same to me. Uh, she is uh, sent away by her neglectful, quasi-abusive, kind of unclear, but certainly emotionally abusive at the very least. Oh, yeah. Uh, her parents, uh, and she goes to live with her mom's cousin. Initially, she is really withdrawn and hesitant around this uh, new family, which is her mom's cousin and her husband. Um, but soon she kind of bonds with her newfound family. Um, but that all sounds nice, but... Wow. Um, what, what did you Eventually think? Eventually you have to go home again. You got to go home again. What did you think of The Quiet Girl? Well, I I mean, first off, I'm just going to say I, it is the first Irish language film that's been nominated for an Academy Award, which I find lovely. That would be my second. That would be my third wish after Marcel and Colin. Um, and it is the second runner, but all for, quiet on the West, Western front is going to win it. Um, I was very surprised at how much of the language I actually re- recognized without having to read the subtitles. And that made me very proud. I thought this was a lovely little slice of life movie that broke my heart loved it um but i don't have too terribly much more to say about it it was one of those that takes i don't know you know it's it's not a lot of time it's it's just you are sitting in a slice of a summer in someone's life and then and then it's gone and it's gone in in a heartbreaking way what'd you think i liked it i didn't love it um it was yeah, I thought it was very pretty. It was very well made. It it has a weird thing that I like, if I can say I half appreciate and half was annoyed by, in that it is so kind of unforced in its plotting and very slow in a way that I sort of liked and responded to. And then the end is just like really dramatically, without going too much into spoilers, like this sort of dramatic, very true to life kind of like, turn of events and then it just stops in the middle of those events and it's like okay like the whole movie felt so like uneventful and then you drop me in the middle of one action and then it stops i found it just sort of a little frustrating i I felt like there was like 20 more minutes that could have laid out something a little more to me i just don't know that i found enough and i think part of the problem is the main character is very realistically, again, sort of withdrawn. Selective mutism. Yeah, and it's um, so it's very hard to sort of latch onto her. Like I found myself latching onto the you know the, the mom's cousin and and her husband a lot more. Um, and they have their own story, and that's kind of moving. And I think that does sort of flesh out kind of the movie a bit. Um, I liked this. I would certainly recommend it if this is your kind of thing. I just didn't wasn't kind of blown away by it. That's just kind of is what it is. But the Irish was beautiful. Yeah. Um, It is a lovely language. I liked, and I'm learning this while trying to learn the language, that it is set up with lots of um, 
lineations and uh, what are called CMUs uh, that add extra uh, letters to words. And the reason for that is because you're not actually supposed to have a break in in any sentence. So it it does that to flow. Oh, cool. So that every sentence is just, there's no breaths, there's no, you just, the words just go. And watching this and hearing so much of it spoken that way, I could really hear it and I could hear the lineations and, and all of that all of those letters and it was fascinating. That's so cool. So, I mean, I I think part of my love of it probably had to do with getting to sit so much in the language that I don't get to hear except through Duolingo. Yeah. Um, Right. right. So I, I just found that fascinating and lovely and, and it's a language that is desperately trying to be saved much like the Hawaiian language. And so I loved that it was there and that the Irish, uh, the Irish council and uh, government is they fund a lot of this in order to keep, because they are trying to save this language, which I think is amazing. Also, I wanted to shout out, um, I don't know the person's name, but whoever the cinematographer was, (sighs) um, I thought the cinematography was gorgeous. Just like these really great, it's 1981, by the way. Fanny and I were like wondering when it was set, and I looked it up, and it was 81. I sent it to you. I, I sent. Oh, did you send yeah, I sent you the link. That. I was okay. like, because you were asking me during the movie, and I was like, I don't know, late 60s, so early that's what 70s. It felt like. Yeah. So I looked it up, and I sent you the link. I was like, 1981. Are yeah. You <laughs> the I mean, lighting. Was... It's funny. It's when you go to Europe, often like a lot of those rural yeah. places, they kind of feel. 20 years kind of behind or whatever. And like, I wouldn't have like 1981 wouldn't have shocked me except for the cars. The yeah, cars did not seem new enough to be. That's true. That's a good point. That was yeah. my main, that was my main jumping off point. Yeah. Was the cars, but they have all these like kind of patterned wallpaper and yep. all this stuff and these kind of door frames. And they use all of that in a really interesting way yeah. visually to sort of show you the character's kind of emotional state. And I just appreciated that. I thought it was just really like, lovely to look at yeah so, agreed yeah um and it's funny it's like i'm now like was there music i have no idea it was like whatever was there right. was so unobtrusive um which i appreciate so yeah no you know, it's I, like you're not wrong because yeah. the minute you said it i don't know yeah um <laughs> certainly we're seeing yep. um yeah if you can find it if you can find it yeah i'm sure it'll get some kind of release on yeah, I mean, it'll streaming yeah. eventually, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we saw it at AMC, so if you got an AMC near you and you're interested, no, nope, it's, it's, playing in like six, it's wow. playing in like six cities. Wow, and Emeryville happens to be one of them. Yeah, because that, that was their, I'm sure they had a talk, like the San Francisco talk, but it's yeah. not It's not releasing okay. very widely. Um, all right, what else we got? Uh, we'll go into other pop culture that we both saw. We both saw uh, the return of Party Down, the Stars Network show about miserable uh, cater waiters. Who? <laughs> um, how long ago was this on? Before thirteen now, years 13 ago. Thirteen years. It's insane. Uh, they got back most of the cast except for uh, Lizzie, Lizzie Kaplan, Kaplan, which is a bummer because I really like her. She was. One thing I'm like, oh, God, I wish she was back because she's so fun. Uh, They have a few new characters, which is nice. It rounds out uh, the cast, uh, including a young kind of TikToker influencer kid who's just delightful and fun. There's also a new character who's sort of a aspiring chef. Not really into her so far. Like, no, I but the, I can't even remember that kid's name, but I know it's something that's like, like shockster that sounds like it should have an X in it, but it doesn't. I'll have to look it up. Um, he is great. He's so funny and yep. just holds his own with these really kind of seasoned uh, you know, actors. I Jennifer Coolidge is not back. I did go back and look. She is 
was a actual she filled in for yeah, a couple of episodes. Yeah, yeah, but I think I don't know. There was some story about maybe she's gonna be back. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but it really does a nice job, I think, of kind of setting the story up and dealing with COVID. And yes, they drops, did a great job with that. Kind of drops you kind of like right before COVID, and then it sort of jumps forward. And it just like the way they do it is really smart as a way to get people kind of back in the fold. And you really just believe that these characters are like back in this space and just like, here I am again. And God knows who's like, who among us? Like, I feel like we've all, especially with COVID and jobs and whatever, been feeling a lot of that. So it feels like weirdly like deeper than just a dumb, silly comedy, which I think is always the great thing about this show. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Um, The character's name is Saxon. Mm. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> and I think he's a great addition, especially right because they call him like, Jackson, and he's like Saxon, which is insane. Right. <laughs> and I like that that he that they think he's their foil, and he thinks they're his foil. Totally. Which I just really dig that interaction. Um, you have not seen the third episode. I thought there was some great like theater teacher type of things Ooh, in it. Awesome. It's, I I love this. I am so happy it's back. It you know it's not going to break any you know, walls or barriers or anything, but it's just, it's just really fun. It's really smart. It's very sweet. I am, you know, enjoying it. And also, um, Adam Scott is just, I think actually now having seen him on severance and just kind of doing different things, like he's very talented. He's just so funny and like weird. Mm-hmm. And like, I just, he's just like not a vain actor. In a oh, way. not at I all. Super no. enjoy that. about him. Me too. I <laughs> and agree also, with that. Jane Lynch. National treasure still. Like, I love Jane Lynch. Yeah, she's, she's good. so funny. She's and, really like, good. And she's not doing her over-the-top mean stick that sometimes can get to me where it's like, oh, God. Well, and I think Glee sort of put that in her reins, right. but with Party Down, she wasn't. No, she never was on. That. No, she wasn't. Yeah. That's what I mean. But yeah. after Glee... She did a lot of that after it's Glee, true. and it was like, go back to Best of Show, go back to Party Layers Down, go back and, to, yeah. you know, yeah, maybe not so smart, but a little conniving sometimes, yeah. but just kind of wacky. And so funny. I'm I feel so, like it's kind of stealing some of the comedy yeah, bits. Yeah, she's doing really, really well. <laughs> um, all right. Also, weirdly shout out Jennifer Garner. Yay! You're funny as fuck. What's <laughs> I happening? love her so much. I had no I idea she was so funny. I've always said she's funny. Oh my God. I've always said she was funny and cool. And I, as a human being, she, like I never thought, oh, she's the greatest actor, but I've always thought she was like really cool and funny and like down. You know, like I would, totally. I would want to go have drinks with her. I've always thought that. And the continuing uh, rehabilitation of X-Men. I'm forgetting his freaking name. His name is James Marsden. And what do you mean rehabilitation? Well, I mean, after X-Men, I mean... That man should have been a giant fucking star. Yeah, and I don't know if he isn't... wasted and it was boring I and agree it was with bad. you, but that's not his fault. Yeah. This is... I will... This is my Colin Farrell Hill. <laughs> this is... I, there's many of these actors where I'm like, they... They get crapped on. The man is a triple threat. He can sing. He can dance. He can act. He's funny. He's cool. He should be a giant star. He's great in yep. this. Um, yep. I'm totally enjoying him. Can't wait to see where it goes. All right. Tell me what you got for pop culture. Okay. Uh, I have the sequel to Ninth House. This is a book. Lee Bardugo, uh, Hellbent. I have finished it. If I have to wait three and a half years for the next one, I'm going to hurt myself. Um, okay, two and a half years anyway. Um, this this book is better than the first one, and I loved the first one, but it's able to just 
drop you into the mythology because it doesn't have to build it. And so you get so many more layers to all of the characters that we got introduced to in Ninth House. Uh, to remind people, this is about uh, the, the secret societies at Yale are actually all magic users, and there is a ninth house that oversees all of the magic that they are doing, and they're kind of like the, you know, they're, they're both the butlers and the cops to these, you know, rich frat boys who are doing magic. And um, and the, the main character, Galaxy Alex Stern, uh, has lost her her Virgil, she's, she was a Dante. Um, that's what they, they call them and to hell. And she's trying to get him back. And it's just, I, these are great books. This is a great concept. Lee Bar Bardugo fucking knocked this out of the park, uh, which meant that I was going to have a book hangover. So I will give, I have some questions for you, a really big up in that it grabbed me and I am still reading it. This is a mystery set in, like a true crime podcasting, rich kid, school teacher. There's a lot of layers. I'm only about 25% and it's getting a lot of buzz. It's like an NPR baby right now. It's great. Well, okay. It's good. It could be great. I'll let you know when I'm done. Nice. Uh, Creed 3. Um, shout out to MDUSD for laying me off and making me sad. So I went to the movies by myself. <laughs> and then shout out to Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan for jumping around in their shorts and beating the crap out of each other and being charming and fascinating and just giving me a mindless movie to uh, take in. John, uh, Michael B. Jordan directed this one. I think he made some really interesting choices. This is, you know, again, this isn't going to break any barriers. This isn't going to, you know, nobody's going to remember this in 10 years except for when you watch all of the Rocky movies. But it's a good movie. It's a solid movie. There are some interesting choices. The three main actors are, you know, Jordan, Majors, and Thompson are all great. There's a small, uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson have a little girl who, all of the interactions between both of them is charming as heck. It's not, you know, it's yeah. worth seeing. Are they still going back to Rocky at all? In, in Rocky, is, this stuff? is the first one that he's not in. Okay. Um, but Drago the, and Drago's son and, and, you know, I mean, and he is, I mean, he's, I don't know, he's, Apollo. he's Creed's, he's Apollo Creed's right, son. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And then his majors tie back to a character? No, he ties that, okay. back to he and, and Donnie, Adonis, okay. um, grew up before. Okay. And there was, you know, one went to prison and one went on to become Creed. Okay. Um, Stolen Youth. This is a cult documentary on Hulu. It is about the Sarah Lawrence cult. Don't watch this while you're emo emotionally fragile. Don't do not do it. It's basically about this group of friends who lived in a house. One of their fathers got out of prison and moved in and started mind control, basically, experiments on them. May, may or may not have been in the CIA. We don't know. There's pictures of him with Gorbachev. We Crazy. Anyway, yeah. And then convinced, you know convinced them to do all kinds of terrible things, mostly money-wise and sex-wise. Um, yeah, he's in prison now, and he should be in prison. This is a fascinating documentary, but it's it'll turn your stomach. What's it on? It's on Hulu. Okay, I will definitely check that yeah. out. Yeah, um, I think this uh, this I can't remember if this is on Netflix or Hulu. Don't watch it. It's called School Spirits. Don't don't go out of your way to watch this. This is about a girl who dies in high school trying to solve her own 
murder with a bunch of other high school ghosts. Don't, it's not worth it. I wish these kind of, I keep seeing like these yeah. supernatural teen shows yeah, and you're like, come on, like just put in a little effort. Like, yeah. I'll, I will watch it. Lock we'll jump go. right off there yeah. then. Right. Wolfpack. Yeah. I'm the person that watched the first half of the first episode so that you didn't have to. This show is trash. Uh. It's terrible. Also, fire departments don't investigate fires. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, they go and out and look, but they don't, like, come in while a fire's raging and be like, we're going to investigate this fire. Like, they can interview the fucking flames. <laughs> this show is terrible. Don't watch it. The CGI is awful. They don't know where the story's going. It's crap. Do not watch it. It's awful. Uh, it's, if you do want to watch okay, it, I think it's on uh, Paramount+. Plus. Okay. But just don't watch it. I saw uh, Meg Thregan, uh, <laughs> which you had talked about. This is a great, fun, stupid movie. You should go watch it. You should probably watch it on... Um, Either I think it's on Peacock because the unrated version is on Peacock, so I'm sure it's even more gross. Um, Hello Tomorrow on Apple Plus. I wanted to like this. I did not like this. Hank Azaria, Billy Crudup, like weird mid-century modern aesthetic, but also space. Yeah. I, is it science fiction or is it's it like, like it's historical? Like if... If it was science fiction, magical reality, if that makes sense. It's like, like realism, yeah, yeah, but only sci-fi, mm. right? Magical realism, only sci-fi realism. I think uh, this is Matt Mayer of an old uh, college. Yeah, well, and it's my, too. I went to high school with Stephen Falk, who's yeah. also involved in it. And I've liked a lot of his stuff. Yeah. And I, maybe if I stuck with it, I would. And Steve, if you're listening, you're not listening. <laughs> I've loved a lot of your other stuff. This one might just not be for me. Yeah. Aesthetically. Yeah. Um, a show that that is not great on ABC, the company you keep. You can also watch this on Hulu. This is uh, Fickner, William Fickner, uh, Polly Draper, Milo Ventimiglia, and uh, Sarah... I can't remember. Anyway, the woman that played uh, the lady who died giving birth on The Walking Dead, they're all in it. Um, and it's basically a heist movie and also a romance. I mean, a heist show and also a romance where woman in the CIA and a guy from a family of thieves don't know that who each other are and they're having they're falling in love while they're secretly trying to avoid each other. It's not great. I am enjoying it. I will keep watching it. Um, because I also watch Perfect Match on Netflix. This is like, they take all of the crappy Netflix, like Love is Blind, Too Hot to Handle, The Circle, all those shows that I've talked about, they take their best, like, all-stars, and then they drop them in a house, and they all have to try and find love with each other. So all the people that couldn't find love with those other creepy people in their other creepy shows, they drop all the creepy people in a house, and then they fight with each other about who has to match up. And then Nick, Nick Lachey shows up without his wife. Cause they're not going to pay for both of them on this and says, Hey, if you don't have a match, you got to get kicked out. It's crap. It's terrible. I watched every moment of it. Shout out to uh, Sierra at, at my job right now, who told me how much she loves this show and was really, really trying to sell me. Where does she <laughs> land on Francesca? I, I'll ask her. Don't okay. Wait. You should check in with her because here's the question you should ask her. Do you watch Vanderpump Rules. Oh, okay. This is our segue into... Find okay. out what happens. Okay. So when your reality TV drama makes it to CNN and the Washington Post, <laughs> like some shit's going down. Okay. Let me tell you about it. And then yeah, you can ask up. questions. Yeah. All right. 
So there's these group of people that work at this ho- at this uh, restaurant owned by Lisa Vanderpump, who was fired or quit off of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Right. All right. She owns lots of restaurants. She hires lots of pretty people, and then they do things to each other. There are two Toms, Sandoval and Schwartz. All right. Tom Schwartz was was married to Katie, Kate, and they have recently been divorced. Tom Sandoval was with Crazy Kristen. And then crazy, then he cheated on crazy Kristen with Ariana. He and Ariana have been together for nearly 10 years. Ariana is the coolest motherfucker on reality TV. And Tom Sandoval should be lucky to have her. Then crazy Kristen continued to date DJ James Kennedy, who is a complete douchebag, complete with British accent. <laughs> All right. Like the guy from Scream? No. Jamie, no. That's Jamie Kennedy. That's just Jamie Kennedy. Okay. This is DJ Not James much. Kennedy. Okay. okay. I wouldn't be surprised if that Kennedy was there. They break up. <laughs> all right? James Kennedy hangs around being a terrible drunk and getting fired and rehired because he's a terrible drunk. Then he meets Miss California contestant Raquel Levis. They get engaged. They break up. New season starts. There is a whole subplot that she kissed Tom Schwartz, Katie's ex-husband, at Coachella. Are we still on Real Housewives? No, we're in Vanderpump oh, Rules. It's the spinoff. Okay. Try keep and keep up, up, would you? All right. So the whole thing, and so the whole season is going to be built upon Tequila Katie freaking out that even though she said it was okay for Schwartz to fuck other people because she's fucking other people, turns out now she's uncomfortable with it and she has to shame Sheena. For trying to set up Raquel and Schwartz. Yeah, I brought in another name. That's right, I did. Sheena. Shishu. Uh-huh. Don't even get me started on Lala. So, whole season built upon the, this Schwartz, Katie, Sheena, Raquel thing. I need pins and twine. And then, a week ago, it comes out that Sandoval and Ariana are breaking up. Why? Because Sand of nine years, nearly ten-year relationship... Basically, common law own a two million dollar home together, because basically because Sandoval's been fucking Raquel for seven months. The world exploded, All right? and I'm not kidding. This has been on CNN. It's been on Washington Post. This has been reported like it was fucking Watergate. <laughs> I think that I know how you feel when I talk about space. I have been so involved in this. I can't tell you the podcasts I have listened to, the memes I have sent. The Oh, now the latest thing to come out is that it maybe Ra- Raquel, whose real name is Rachel, so now everybody who's mad at her is calling her Rachel. Turns out that she's probably not vaccinated and might have turned in a fake vaccination card for filming. <laughs> and Jerry O'Connell won, wore a Team Ariana shirt on Watch What Happens Live. Oh, and maybe Sheena punched Raquel in the face and Raquel has now filed a uh, a restraining order against her. But probably not because Raquel's this tall, which is tall, and Sheena's short and also has talons. So if she had hit her in the face, we could tell. But we think it's it's all a ploy to avoid having to be at the reunion together. Also, they had finished filming for season 10, but then cameras up. So probably producers knew. Don't these people have cameras on them all the time, everywhere? Like, there, no. there was face punching. There should have been documentation. Right, and that was, that was, okay, so here's how Ariana found out. Tom dropped his phone at one of his Tom Sandoval and the Extras concert, uh, and the most Extras concert. Yeah, cover band, where he sings a song called, I wish I, I wish, with the Jesse's girl, I wish I could fuck Schwartz's wife. Oh, my I God. I mean, Schwartz's mom. 
Yeah. Okay. It's all screwed up. Schwartz, Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz, by the way, are best friends. They are, have two restaurants. One is Tom Tom that they have with Lisa Vanderpump and the other is Schwartz and Sandy's. So anyway, Tom drops his phone. Somebody picks it up, gives it to Ariana because they cannot find Tom, uh, Tom to give it to him. Ariana thinks, I should probably look through this because I've got some niggling that this guy's actually a fucking asshole. So she goes through it. She finds a video of Raquel, Raquel-ing herself. And then she sends it to Sheena, who has just recorded Watch What Happens Live with Raquel. Or actually, she sends it to Raquel and says, you're dead to me. And Raquel's like on the, t- on the phone. And Sheena says, hey, what's happening? And Raquel says, oh, well, Ariana's upset because she just found out I've been having an affair with, with Sandoval for seven months. <laughs> Raquel's real dumb. Um, and then they say that she, she punched her. But nobody believes it. Do you have questions? I don't. <laughs> Other than I hope our new mics survive that. <laughs> we will put that through the, uh, the Put test. it in the descriptions. <laughs> we'll get lots of downloads. Trust me. Oh, I believe me. I think we need to send this to the people that that know. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I need another drink now. Yeah. Uh well, I'm glad it's giving you such fodder for enthusiasm and frustration. <laughs> I always knew Sandoval was an asshole. All right, I should I do my stuff. I yes. watched Ant Man, parentheses and the Wasp, uh, colon Quantum Mania. Uh, the reason I say uh, parentheses is because wow, the Wasp is not in this movie much and literally has nothing to do. I know people don't really like Evangeline Lilly for various reasons, but she's the Wasp, so give her some Wasp stuff to do. Uh, this movie was. It's getting terrible, kind of, the end of Marvel, everything's over, everything's gone awful. Um, I didn't think it was that bad. I think people are kind of just, like, figuring out that they're kind of tired of this stuff because we've been seeing it. It's the same over and over again. It's a very silly, like, if I were 12 and seen this in a matinee, I would have been like, it's really cool. Jonathan Majors is hot and it's good. And it's like very silly and psychedelic. And there's like a blobby guy that like is obsessed with humans in their holes. There's like this, uh, you know, Cheaty, our he favorite. He should watch the vampire, the, the not vampire. He should watch the Vanderpump Rules stuff. He, there's lots, lots of holes. Of holes. <laughs> what, William Harper, Cheaty, is that his yes. name? Um, William Jackson Harper. Jackson Harper doesn't get enough to do in this, but he's in it briefly. Michelle Pfeiffer is in it. She's like. Poke me in the eye again, Pfeiffer. That's what my mom always used to call it. She's doing great. (laughs) She and Michael Douglas Boo are riding around on like (laughs) space manta rays with reins. And like, it's very silly, like, but like pulpy novel, like 1960s, like pulp action covers, which sign me up. I didn't really hate it. I think I got COVID at that movie. So fuck (laughs) you. Um, But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's that bad, but I also understand people being like, all right, enough. And I feel bad for Jonathan Majors because it's like he's the big setup here and like everybody's dogging on this movie, even though he's good in it, you know, but it's like. Don't cry for Jonathan yeah, Majors. He's going to be okay. Um, Kunk on Earth is a delightful fucking series. I love this show. It is. Uh, I forget. Oh, my God. I don't even know her name. She's this British comedian that I'm just now just know her as Philomena Kunk, but she actually has a real name. And she started on this British version of like the Daily Show. And it's basically her 
uh, riffing on history. And she already did a BBC one called Kong Kong Britain, which Dave and I are now watching on YouTube. Uh, but Kong Kong Earth is the uh, Amazon Prime one where she just takes you through the whole of uh, you know the world history and evolution of man, you know, humankind, and kind of tech- technology and politics and. It's fucking ridiculous. If you like very dry, silly British humor, uh, this will be right up your alley. She's just got this like brilliant deadpan performance where she says something. It's a little bit of that kind of, you know, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen thing where she's like interviewing with like historians and saying absolutely stupid stuff and mispronouncing things. And uh I think they're these people are in on it, but they're all. I actually like it because you don't get annoyed. Like, okay, she's wasting. They have come out time. and said they're in on it. Yeah, but. I mean, there's she's saying such fucking ridiculous stuff that there's no way they couldn't be. But it's funny stuff. It's just a really delightful show. It manages to work in a reference once an episode to uh, Technotronics pump up the jam, and then proceeds to show like twenty seconds of that video every episode and it's every time it comes up, it just gets funnier and funnier. She builds kind of a narrative backstory about her like drug addict ex-boyfriend that just sort of gets dropped through. This is brilliant, funny comedy writing. And also like kind of like weirdly you're like, Oh, I should actually learn more about what that actually is that she's talking about. Um, I love this Kunk on earth. Fantastic. Uh, poker face. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, pew, 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 pew. that's my air horn. Fanny was right. Pew, 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 pew. Uh, I, you know, I like to Fanny and I like to argue with each other, but I know when I need to say that Fanny was right and Fanny was right on this one. Um, I, and she definitely knew how to play her hand. As I they say, did. uh, she showed me the Judith Light. Um, S. Yes, from Law and Order, <laughs> who I didn't know, but was also delightful in this episode. Uh, yeah, if you've had any hesitation about Poker Face, like I did after watching the first episode, just go to this episode. It's called uh, The Monkey Time of the Monkey. Time of the Monkey, um, and it's episode five, I believe. It is. Might be six. I, I don't know if any of the other ones are going to come close because it's just a really brilliant, like self contained little story. And the one that I watched immediately after was fun and I liked it. And I'm going to keep watching all of them. The next two that I watched, I liked. But that one is just like. It's the best. I think it's the best one it's of the season. So good. If you just want to just see what Poker Face is about and see if it's for you, it's a great, great one to start on. Um, I also watched uh, the second one that has uh, Brandon Michael Hall, who. We got a shout out. Why isn't he more famous? Our original, like, you know, podcast topic back way back the original one when we just were watching the mayor and talking about it each week. And we were just delighted by him. And yeah, like, who is this guy? He's so good. And he's so good in this. And he's only in it for a little bit. I actually got very excited because I looked at some IMDb thing for the finale Mm -hmm. and he was listed, but I think it was just they hadn't fixed their listing. And I was like, he comes back? How? Is it a flashback? What's happening? Oh, my God. And then I was like, no, he's no. not in it. No. Um, but Poker Face, pretty freaking fun. And Natasha Leone is really good. I think once, if you just really surrender to, like, this is Natasha Leone goofing around with a bunch of delightful guest stars. And, like, sometimes it's really good and sometimes it's, like, pretty good. Um, yeah, and even the pretty good ones are yeah, fun. Yeah, it's not really like a mystery, like. But as everybody keeps pointing out to me, neither of the shows that she's riffing on, it's not like a. It's like, a how done it. It's much not a who done it. Like the glass yeah, onions. Yeah, which I don't. I, 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 out. I'm all like, I gotta know who done it. I want. I want a mystery there. Um, but it's fun. It's fine. Um, Mandalorian uh, season three. This show, I. <laughs> 
I am embarrassed that I'm even talking about this show. You should be. This show Put was, out your wrist. I trash-talked the first two seasons of this show. I don't even know that I finished the second season. I certainly did not watch the Boba Fett part where these guys came back. Everybody's up in a tizzy because apparently... He disappeared. Right, you have, to watch, you have to, to watch Boba Fett. You have to watch Boba Fett. And I was like, I can read about it in two seconds online. Right. I don't really care. Um, for whatever fucking reason, I don't know if they got some notes, but the first two fucking episodes of Mandalorian season three are like, go fucking crazy with these goddamn Muppets, people. That was the directive. I think that's what somebody wrote. No squeeze. A, like, no squeezy. <laughs> Bad baby. Um, every episode is like chock full of like, Multiple puppets, like, squeezing or cuddling or chasing each other. Grogu is, like, flipping around into his little carriage and, like, practically going, wee and, like, landing. I, there's a certain point at which I just become totally powerless, like, adorable Muppets. And it's, it's shameless. And yet they, and yet it worked on you. Yeah. It's given me, like, Xena vibes. Like, Xena with, like, little flippy Yoda. And it's, like, I'm into it. Bad baby. <laughs> um, but Pedro Pascal, again, like, there's a whole thing where there's, like, Katie Sackoff, who I also like, and I'm glad she's on this show now. But she's sort of like the helmetless Mandalorian. I'm like, okay, take a fucking clue here. Like, you could be two helmetless Mandalorians. Helmet <laughs> and Kate. Ugh, he's so wasted in this. And I really thought this season they would get rid of it. Because it's like, he's such a star now. So, <laughs> um I also went to go see the Oscar-nominated animated shorts, where I probably gave everyone COVID that I got from <laughs> Ant-Man. Um, because I started feeling... From Ant-Man to shorts. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. Uh, this was playing at our local New Parkway Theater, which is down in Oakland, which is this old theater that kind of started when we were in high school or college and is stuck around and it's i hadn't been there in ages and it was so fun you hadn't been there since we wiped the place wiped the floor with all the people at trivia (laughs) that's true uh but it's such a fun place we need to go back there there was like actually pretty good food and it was just like fun to be there um most of the animated shorts i clearly love animation they're just they were fun they weren't like mind-blowing there's one that i think everybody thinks is gonna win called the bear, the horse, and the tight. I don't know. It's, it's like very, I think Gabriel Burns, one of the voices in that. Yeah, there's a yeah. huge cast in it. Idris yeah. Elba, I think, does one of the voices. Yeah. It's very Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, derivative. it's on Apple TV, and I meant to watch it because of Gabriel Byrne, but I haven't because it's, it's animated. It's um, like New Age platitudes wrapped in a right. nicely animated, but like whatever. It was fine. Um, but the one that I fucking loved was called Ice Merchants. Uh, maybe that's my second wish for the night that Ice Merchants will You'll win. You'll get two. You'll only get I one. I know, and it's never going to win because it's so... This is about a father and his son who basically live on the cliffs of this kind of iced over world. It feels a little just like very lightly kind of climate changey like we're in this like new ice age or whatever and their job is to basically harvest ice and send it down to the village below and it's they live on this like like shack that's like strapped to the side of this glacier and it's just the look of it is super expressive and like terrifying and haunting and they do these like drops with the ice where they go down and bring the ice down um, it's really short and very effective. I loved it. Ice Merchants. This is like, you could, as somebody who's like trying to write this kind of stuff a little more, you can really feel like when people have like thought about something in a novelistic way, in a short story way. And this feels like it was a short story. I loved it. Uh, Don't Make Me Over, uh, a documentary about Dionne Warwick. 
appropriately. Uh, sadly, uh, her main collaborator, Burt Bacharach, died recently. So yeah. Paul went out for Burt Bacharach. He figures into this a lot because he produced so many of her greatest songs. This is such a fun documentary. If you follow Dion Warwick on Twitter, she's Oh, she's delightful. Fucking hilarious. Yeah. Claps back, but in a fun, friendly yep. way. She's baffled by everything young and new, <laughs> but like does it in such a fun way. But in like a sweet, I don't know what's happening, yeah. but I don't, like, it's not like you young kids. It's just, a, like, can someone explain to me? So this show is just like that, but it's actually her. I mean, nice. it's just, she's so fascinating. Had a really interesting career, you know, sort of much like Whitney Houston, who was her, uh, I believe niece. Is that right? Or I don't know. She has some familiar relationship sort of forced into a lot of these kind of like, just kind of pristine, like white music kind of roles, but made the most of it in an interesting way and doesn't begrudge it. It knows it kind of made her kind of famous, but also is like, you know, you can tell there was a lot of like struggle being a black woman in these spaces where it was sort of like, you have to sing like this. You have to sort of be like respectful, like the sort of shackles of that. Um, it's great. Don't make me over. Also a terrific song. Um, finally, I read a book, uh, How to Sell a Haunted House. This is Grady Hendrix. I actually talked about it in an earlier uh, Grady Hendrix book on this podcast, Horror Store, even though I didn't make the connection that it was actually him. Um, this is... Okay. So I've been trying to nix... Well, I've been nixing repeatedly books where there's a fake out and there's not actually a ghost. I'm tired ghosts of it. Ghosts that aren't ghosts. I'm over it. Ghosts that aren't ghosts is my, like you know, pet peeve of the year. Uh, this has ghosts. I'm like, you asked for it, Justin. This is like, somebody thought that the clown and poltergeist was scary and thought like, how can I make an entire ghosty book about the clown and poltergeist? So do you wish it had been psychological trauma? No, I just wish it had been a better haunted house. It was just like a, like almost like a goosebumps episode. I was not actually into this. I read the whole thing. It's effective in a very like, he's a good brisk writer Mm -hmm. and he knows when he needs to do a gross scene. He's good at like the gross out in a fun sort of cinematic way. Like you can tell he's going to make, these are going to make fun, silly movies. Well, yeah, my best friend's exorcism has already been made into a movie. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just derivative. Horror Store at least had a, a satire of like Ikea culture that I thought was funny. And actually some of those sort of Lovecrafty monster stuff in that was like really, truly scary. This is like, I don't know, clowns and dolls. Like, I mean, Megan. Creepy was... dolls is your thing, though. <sighs> they're never, they're always disappointing. Oh, Good Lord. Uh, oh, I love creepy dolls. I hate all these creepy dolls. Stop putting although, creepy dolls in things. I mean, Megan was fun because it was like. It was a bad doll. It was a bad doll and kind of a dumb story. Also, <laughs> bad baby. Megan, the the se- the sequel. I was talking about it with someone online the other day. I want it to be about her being um, a voice coach, like an like an AI voice coach on like one of these singing competition shows. And yeah. and it basically, at some point, she's like says to some bad singer, "You're pitchy, dog," and then beats him to death with a pitcher. Take that, screenwriters. That's a freebie from. <laughs> Wow. Okay, can we be done now? We can be I'm done now. terrified. We're going to go watch All the right. Oscars. Find us on Facebook. Just search for the Knicks podcast. Let me know what you feel. You have notes on a Scandaval? Let me hear about it. Um, you can find me at Fanny V. Darling. You can find the pe- uh, on Twitter. You can find the podcast at the Knicks podcast. If you want to send me a long email with your crazy notes about the Scandaval, please, please send me an email. And that's motiontonicks at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. And we'll probably have some Oscar thoughts after we will. our wishes are dashed. Hopes are dashed. Dreams. We love you, Colin Farrell. <laughs>